Hey, thanks for joining us today. We're so glad that you came. I hope you enjoyed today's message. and they can check that out and at least hear about Jesus. Cool? And so we're going to get Jesus out to people. We're, we're trying to do that. And we want you to, too, right? So we're going to have little uh, flyers made with QR codes on them to start uh, as we start walking into the callings and purposes that God has for us as a church. We're on a mission. It's not to be stagnant, right? It's not to just, you know, warm the pew, <laughs> Right? You, I know none of you guys are just warming the pews. You're here worshiping, you're loving Jesus, but God's called us to great things. And we talked also about all the different missions that uh, God has called us to uh, overseas and local. We give to one of the, the ones dearest to my heart is helping to stop sex trafficking. So we get to Love 146. And this last year we gave to, um, uh, or I think it's called, right? And um, all different organizations that help with that. We sponsor a missionary and um, Belgium, right? Your sister, Bethany, I think it's Belgium, uh, that helps with that too, to, uh, helping uh, people that are sex trafficked to get off of that and to be, be helped uh, there. We help, uh, we have churches in Sri Lanka that we're starting. We have churches in India and, and we, we're just, we're on a mission, right? To do a lot of things. And so thank you for being a part of this mission. Thank you for uh, being involved. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your giving. If you have not, uh, you know, all of last month we talked about this, and then 
Thanksgiving came, and we did uh, a thankfulness journal with Bethany, and that's online still if you want to go through that. Uh, and then Giving Tuesday came, and the goal was to, hey, let's get behind this missions, and you guys can be a part of it too, even financially. And, and so there's a great blessing there, both for the missions and for you as you give. And so you can still do that. You can just go on your app um, and go to our uh, Believer's Chapel app, or you can go to our webpage and click on giving, and then you scroll to missions, and then give whatever God's called you to give. Every little bit helps, right? And it'll be um, good for you and them. So today, we're going to start a new series. Hope has come. Hope has come. So in Proverbs 13, 12, the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Has anybody heard that before? Has anybody had hope deferred in your own life? Right? Have you ever been, anybody here been disappointed before? Ever, right? How many have been disappointed by somebody sitting next to you? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But in your mind, you know, right? You know, I know a lot of you guys here are sports fans, and for those of you that aren't Yankees or Cowboys fans, I know you've been disappointed a lot. So, you know, you Packers fans and you Boston fans, you know, I'm sorry for your life, but you have make bad decisions. So, I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. The truth of the matter is we've all, we all have hope deferred. Hope, you know, when we hope for something to happen and it doesn't, it makes the heart sick is what the scriptures are saying. I remember that I was trying to, as I was getting this message ready, I was trying to think back to the first time in my life that I can remember being um, brokenhearted, Right? And so um, I think, I don't, my sister might have a better story, but I think um, the, the biggest thing uh, that I can remember is I used to have all these animals, right? I loved animals when I was a kid. I still like them. But my heart's been broken by them so many times because they keep dying, right? Because they don't live that long. They only live 10 years or so. And so the first time one of my animals died, it really, you know, as a kid, it really crushed me. I was like, what do you mean they're not, they die? What's death? Right? The first time, you, do you remember the first time? Or do you remember like a little kid when they, you know, lost their goldfish or, you know, something died and they're just like not, what? I thought this thing was going to be with me forever, you know? And your heart is just like sunk, right? Or um, the first time that you were in love, right, as a preteen or whatever, and you're dating somebody and or you want to date somebody. And back in my day, we used to write notes, you know, and then we'd fold them real cool with flap over, you know what I'm talking about? Now they just have text messages and that stuff. But uh, we used to fold the note real cool and everything and then put on there, hey, do you want to go out with me? Circle yes or no, <laughs> right? And out with you just meant nothing. It just meant that you would, you know, that's my girlfriend, but you don't even talk to her, right? <laughs> and like when you're in like fifth grade or sixth grade, right? And so... Um, uh, I, you know, I remember, you know, one time, circle yes or no, and then uh, the note comes back, and it's like, not in a million years. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, no, that never happened to me, but, you know, to other people. I'm speaking for other people. <laughs> so we've all experienced um, <laughs> hope deferred. We've all experienced our hope being broken uh, in more serious ways. Uh, later in my life, right, my heart's been broken when I lost my father. My father and I were best friends. I was 26. He was 48. And um, he died. Just, boom, gone. 
And, that, and it was a month before I was getting married. He was my best man in my wedding. And gone. Hope deferred makes a heart sick. That was crushing, right? I've been, as many of you know, been through divorce where you're hoping for, you know, forever. And something happened and, boy, that's crushing to a heart. And your heart is sick and really heavy. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Because we've all been through heartbroken. Heartbrokenness. We've all been through our hopes being our, our hopes being deferred, our hopes being changed. Others disappoint us. You know, sometimes we disappoint others, but <laughs> we don't realize the effect of it. But when they disappoint us, we do. Especially people that maybe we've invested a lot of time into or poured our lives into, and then they kind of stab us in the back. Has anybody had that happen? You don't have to raise your hand. Maybe uh, you. Even when your child has turned on you or turned, done something, and, and that's, that's, really, um, that's really disappointing. Or maybe the opposite. Maybe your parent hasn't measured up to where you thought they should, and they've disappointed, or they've left, or they've abandoned you, or uh, had no place in your life. And that's, that's crushing, too, right? Um, maybe it's in the workplace, not getting the job, or not getting the promotion, or the raise that you weren't hoped for. You're so hoping that I'd, I'd be able to get this, and... And maybe just life just isn't turning out the way you thought it would. Or, uh, you know, the thing going on lately is here comes another COVID variant. And it's like, I thought we were, my hope was that we're going to get through this thing, that we're about to be over it, and here comes another variant, not just another wave, another variant. And they don't even know if this is going to work. You know? And so all of a sudden now our heart's like, Ugh. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Every day. Right, so this message is for you. <laughs> we all have hope that's deferred. Every single one of us in this place, everybody's watching me online right now. We all have had this happen to us. We've had our hope deferred. We've had our hearts broken. Um, and the, re- the effect of that is one that we can either make our hearts harden and protect them. I kind of do that with animals to some extent now. Like, I'm not going to get emotionally attached. I'm not going to get emotionally attached, right? And, or, and you just put a wall up. And that can be dangerous, though, when you put your wall up against people or even to God because you feel like maybe God didn't come through for you. And that is called the hardening of a heart, right? So when hope is deferred over and over again, sometimes we can turn to that. Or sometimes we do something just as bad as as we just kind of try to escape. We kind of go into this fantasy world, wherever that might fantasy world may be. Maybe it's binge watching TV or hiding in our work or hiding into our video games or hiding into... Uh, whatever, and we're just going to hide the hurt of our misplaced hope, of our hurt. There's a <clears throat> guy in the Bible that everybody probably knows about that speaks about this hope deferred. He's actually one that wrote this scripture in Psalms. His name is King David. And King David, if you read the Psalms, you know, have you ever seen somebody that's really, really good at drama? Like, very dramatic? And when I read the Psalms, I think, David, he, he killed the giant, he killed the lion and stuff, and God was faithful, and he, he did all these things, and, and called him to be this king, and, and all these things, and yet, God, David goes back and forth all through the Psalms. In one Psalm, you'll read how awesome God is, and he's so amazing, and he rescued me from the bear, and he rescued me, and he's going on and on how awesome it is. And in the very next chapter, he's like, where's God? Why, I'm so downcast. I can't believe 
the wretched world I live in, you know, like, it's just horrible, everything's bad. And then the next psalm is like, he just had an epiphany again, like, God is great, and all this, and this goes back and forth, and David is actually wrestling with the very thing I'm talking about, this hope deferred. Back and forth, back and forth he goes, and so finally, in Psalms chapter 42, and if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, it's going to be up on the um, screens as well, but Psalms chapter 42 This is, again, King David writing this. And you can read this whole chapter. I'm going to read, um, it's only 11 verses, but I'll read some of it. And it starts off like this, right? He says, as the deer pants for streams of water, my soul pants for you, my God. That sounds like a good song. My soul thirsts for you, God, the living God. When can I go and meet with God? And then the very next verse, my tears have been my food day and night. Has anybody felt like this before? Like, the one moment, it's like, I want to be so close to God, and the next moment, like, I'm drinking tears. Here's David. He goes on, he says, While people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. And he talks about how awesome it was to praise God with everybody in the, in the city and in the church. And then the next one says, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember the different things. And he goes on. And then if you skip down to verse 11, if you guys can do that too. It says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior, my God. How many have felt like David before? Right? We've all been in these circumstances. We've all uh, felt those things. Sorry about that. Uh, David is in a distraught place. Actually, in this time when he's writing this, he's running for his life uh, from King Saul. And uh, doesn't, he's supposed to be the next king, but things aren't turning out that way. And um, he's, he's just running. He's, he's hiding. He's trying to get away from death. And so he's in a quandary here. He's, you know, he's promised to be the next king, but it hasn't happened. In fact, the king that is there now, Saul, is trying to kill him. And so he and his men are, are, are just trying to escape the whole army of Saul. And uh, he's in this bad place. He's having to hide out in caves. He's, you know, run, you know, trying to find food. And, you know, he's like, God, where are you? I thought you told me this. I thought you told me that I was going to be the next king. Has anybody ever been in that kind of circumstance? Maybe not to the extreme that David's in right here, but God, I thought you told me that, you know, this was going to work out. I thought you told me you had a plan for my life. I thought you told me that you're going to provide for my needs. I thought you, but it doesn't seem like, is anybody talking? Anybody relate? <laughs> David's in a quandary. <clears throat> He's in a bad place. But there's something so interesting that happens in this verse 11. That David starts to talk to his soul. He starts talking to himself. He starts saying, why are you downcast? In other words, David says to David, hey, David, (laughs) why are you so downcast? Okay, he's, he's still in the middle of all this turmoil. But in the middle of it, he says, why are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? 
Have you ever been just so disturbed just because of the heaviness of life or the, these misplaced hopes, these, these things that haven't happened, and, and you're just like so heavy and downtrodden? And downtrodden just kind of means just like you're down, like your head is down, like you're di- discouraged, you're, you're downtrodden. You're just feeling like, I don't know if I can do this. And so David gets to this point, and he kind of comes to this realization, and he starts asking, wait a second, wait a second here. What, David, why are you so down? Why are you so downtrodden? Why are you so discouraged? And he says, this text, he says, put your hope in God. What do you think his hope was in before this? Probably in this circumstance, I'm going to be the next king. I can't wait till I'm the next king. When I'm the next king, it's going to look like this, and the country's going to be better, and I'm going to be the ruler, and I'll have all these wives, and I'll have all these. Uh, and by the way, David had lots of wives eventually, but not here. He's in a cave. And then he's like, I'll have all this uh, money, and I'll have all this power, and I'll have all this authority. And he has none of it. And he says, why are you so downcast? Why so are you acting like this? You know, it's easy for us to see when somebody else is downcast, right? <laughs> we can identify when somebody else is grouchy or grumpy. And we're like, what's wrong with them? Can't believe they, you know, acting like that. Maybe they're following, you know, sometimes I heard uh, Jesse DePlanis, he's a preacher, he says, sometimes Christians need to tell their, saves, their, their, their faces that they're saved. I think that's pretty funny. You know, sometimes we can walk around, you know, they, the kids have this thing where it's like, what's your, um, your face that's when it's just relaxing? Is it a sad face or a happy face? When you're like, when you're not making any expressions, <laughs> you know, and some people have like a sad face when they're not even sad, but they just look sad because, you know, their face is, you know, however it's made. Uh, my face is probably a little bit like that when I'm not talking or smiling. So sometimes we, but sometimes we carry around this, heaviness and walk around downtrodden and we can see it in everybody else and say why is that person so and then we might even get downtrodden because everybody else is so downtrodden and sometimes we just need to say wait wait a second why am i down right now have you ever been grouchy for no reason and then you're later on you're like why am i so downtrodden sometimes oh i didn't i don't have enough food all right that's not the case with me but you know with others, right? Uh, why am I so downtrodden? Maybe it's, um, and you have to even say that. Why am I sad? Why am I heavy? Everybody ask these questions? And this is what David's doing. He's saying, David, why are you so s- sad right now? Why are you so down? Why, why, why whatever. You know, this last couple of weeks, I've, I want to just thank everybody for their prayers. Um, as many of you know, my daughter here, Gracie, she's here in the second row. And um, she got burned really bad at work. And um, second and a little bit of third degree burns on her ankles. And it's not pretty. It's really, it's bad. It's like there's no skin there. It's like pretty bad. And even still today, it's been three weeks. And, you know, she's, she's doing good. But the cool thing about this whole experience, although actually there's nothing really that cool about it, um, is Gracie's attitude. Because she's like, I'm like angry about it. I'm like having a hard time about this whole thing, you know, trying to be the protective dad. And she's like, Dad, it's okay. It happens. 
You know, it's like, oh, has this good attitude. And then, like, later on in the week, uh, somebody else in our family, like, burned themselves just a little bit. <laughs> and they're, like, starting to complain about it. And then all of a sudden they realize, wait a minute, I can't complain about this. Gracie doesn't even complain about her second and three degree burns. And sometimes um, our, we complain or we get downtrodden for things that in perspective is, come on. Do we really have a right to be downtrodden about this? And this is what David does, right? He's running for his life. God has promised him to be the king. And instead, he's being chased by a king. And he's in this bad place, and he says, why are you downcast? Put your hope in God. Because his hope was not in God. His hope was in being the king or being uh, surviving. I'm going to hope I can live. I hope that I can do these things. But he was so down, and finally he's like, I've got to go back to putting my hope in the right thing. How many of us misplace where we put our hope? How often do we displace our hope? We put it in all these other things. If I just had this job, then that would be the life. If I just could get over this thing, then that's, if I only had this much money, if we put our hope in all these other things, and then when we even attain them, we're still downtrodden. Because our hope is in things that don't fulfill, they don't satisfy, and they fail us eventually. And so David says to us, says to himself, and teaches us a lesson, to ask yourself, to ask your soul, why are you down? How many have done that before? You like, you don't even know why you're down sometimes, and it's like, why are you so down? And then you realize it's this heaviness because of this thing that happened or that thing that happened. And listen, I don't want to just downplay some things that happened. Yesterday, um, a lot of you he were here for a funeral. Uh, Nolene Socha passed away this last week. And uh, her funeral was in here and it was sudden and it was sad. And people, you know, she's got girls and a husband and a big family and, and she's gone. And that's sad. Right? And it's, it's normal to mourn. It's normal to, right? And the Bible even says, you know, that we mourn. But it says we don't mourn like those who have no hope. Right? We mourn differently. We're still sad. We still cry. We still hurt. But at the end of the day, hold on a second. In the bigger perspective of things, we're going to see Nolene again. In the bigger, bigger picture of things, Nolene's in a much better place. In the bigger pe picture of things, Right? She wouldn't want us to mourn. She, she's excited to be with Jesus, her best friend. But, you know, it still happens. But sometimes we have to say to ourselves, hey, hold, hold on a second. Why am I so downcast? And, and, do I, and so he considers the cause, David does, of his downcast. Is it a justifiable cause? Should I, do I have a right, in other words, to be downcast right now? Is it okay for me to be discouraged and depressed? Do others have more of a cause to be downcast than I do right now? 
I think everybody in America can say yes to that. No matter how bad our situation can be at times, there are people in much worse circumstances. And no matter how bad our circumstances get, our hope is not in those circumstances. Our hope is in God, who does not fail, who does not leave, who does not discourage or depress. Consider the cause of your downcast. Am I, uh, <laughs> here's a couple of um, questions to consider. <clears throat> Do we have cause to be encouraged and, and have faith instead of being downcast? What's the answer to that? Yeah, I hope so. Hope. <laughs> Do I dishonor God with this type of attitude? You know, one of the things, you know, Bethany brought out a couple of weeks ago when she preached is this, that thankfulness, gratitude leads to a life of hope. I think one of the things, if you really want to get happiness in life, is to be, grat be grateful for all the things that God has, not always wanting more. We get into this, we talk about this entitlement generations, but all of us are just as entitled as the next generation. Don't blame it on the millennials. It started way before them. That, oh, I deserve this, God. You told me it's not fair. But if we were thankful for the things that we do have and, great, and, and have our hope in God and thankful to him for all he's done, we'd probably have a lot better attitude walking around How does this downtrodden attitude affect others around me? <laughs> when I'm downtrodden, do people uh, want to be around me? <laughs> How does this affect my spouse? How does this affect my kids? How does it affect the people that I lead? Could you imagine if I was in despair all the time? What if you guys came in here? <laughs> I was like, guys, I got to preach this to you because the world sucks. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't even know if this will happen because I don't know. It hasn't happened for me. So this probably won't even work. <laughs> what? I mean, come on. What if I, what if I was downtrodden? I came in here like, yeah, I don't know about this faith thing. <laughs> Could you imagine that? <laughs> the cure. David says the cure right here, right? Put your hope in God. Some of us have misplaced our hope. We put our hope in all these other things, but God wants us to put our hope in him because hope has come. Hope and confidence in God is the antidote from God against this loud culture of despair and how it affects our souls. Put your hope in God. God has all these promises that he is still going to fulfill and is currently fulfilling 
He is still at work. He is still on the move, right? In Isaiah 41, it says that he is with us, that he will strengthen us, that he will uphold us. There's hope in God. The Bible says in Deuteronomy that he will never leave us or forsake us. These are the promises from God. He says, I will teach you and instruct you in all your ways, meaning that he will guide every single step that you take in Psalms. He makes firm our steps, the scriptures say. He will give you rest in Matthew. Those whose hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint, Isaiah, Isaiah 40. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope and a future. In uh, Philippians 4, he says he gives us peace. In 1 Peter, he says we are healed. In Exodus, he says the Lord will fight for you. In Romans, he says that he'll work out all things for the good of those. Even when bad things happen, he'll make it out, work out good for you. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. He gives strength and power to the weak. In Isaiah, no weapon that's forged against you will prevail, will prosper. In Malachi, he says, if you bring the whole tithe in the storehouse, I will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour so much blessing on you, there will be not enough room to store it. Romans 10, if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. God and Matthew talks about how the Father knows how to give good gifts. I could go on. There's hundreds of promises in the scriptures. Where is your hope? Is your hope in God and what his promises are? Or are they in the circumstances around that you're going through? David questioned himself. He questioned his soul. He questioned, what are you doing? Why are you acting this way? I think it's a good season for us to do the same thing. Hey, Rich, why are you heavy today? Why, I'm not talking about weight. <laughs> We're talking about that later. <laughs> Rich, why are you heavy? Why are you downcast? Why are you burdened? And then he starts thinking about a situation that's happening or happening with your family or happening at work or happened, you know, whatever. And, and you realize, okay, is that really worth my joy from Jesus? Is my hope that God can answer this problem, this heaviness, been destroyed? Is God not able all of a sudden to not handle this thing? Did something happen to God? Did he, like, go on break? <laughs> you know, it's like, did all of a sudden he stop caring? Did he stop handling my problems? Did he stop providing for my needs? Did he stop healing my diseases? Did he stop saving me? Of course not. So the problem is not on God. It's on this right here. My hope has to be in God. David talks a, a, a couple of things right in verse 4. Um, in this verdi to, uh, chapter 42 and verse 4, it says, These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. 
you know, going into the house of God, one of the purposes of us coming together is that we worship Jesus. We love on God. And something happens when we start to worship God because our hope does go from the things that it shouldn't be into back to God again. And David's talking about this. I remember the times are so joyful because I was worshiping God in the house of the Lord. And he's talking about this worship and loud shouts. Sometimes when we're down and downtrodden, we need to worship Jesus. We need to say, you know what, God, I am trusting you with this. This is yours. Thank you, Jesus, for solving my issue. Thank you, Jesus, for solving this heaviness, whatever I'm heavy about. Thank you, Jesus, for taking care of this and have faith that he's going to do it. Has he ever not? The second thing that David talks about in here is that he goes to the house of the Lord and he talks about this covering. There's a covering in the house of the Lord. You know, we have great purposes in this, this house, in this church. Uh, we go to the house of, uh, of God here because of the purpose that we have to worship, experience God I just talked about. We go because we can accomplish something greater together of reaching people that don't know about him. We come together to grow in our relationship with Christ and through serve teams, crews. But you know, there's something else to be part of the body is that we submit ourselves to the covering in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And we say, you know what, I'm going to put myself under this umbrella of protection. And David refers to that there, and it's referred to all through the scriptures. It's something important and something that we, if we can hide under that, we're even protected more uh, from the, the, the enemy and from different things that could come against us. Shouts of joy. <laughs> there it is. Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise my Savior and my King. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, are down today? Maybe it's going into the winter season. Maybe it's the whole thing with COVID. Maybe it's something going on in your family. Maybe you have something going on at work, or maybe you're struggling in different areas. Put your hope in God. There's a time in my life where I was going through divorce and we came very close to losing our house. I came two weeks away from having to file for bankruptcy. And I remember saying to the Lord, God, I don't want to go bankrupt and I don't think it's the right thing to do uh, for my circumstance. It might be, you know, sometimes I almost had to do it. But I, my hope is in you. And I'm going to trust you to bail me out. Tell me what to do. I was hopeless. I was about to lose our house. My marriage had already just been lost. I was not in a good place. <laughs> I think I had every right <laughs> at the time to be downtrodden. But in that time, I was not. My heart was sad. I cried a lot. But I would say, God, my hope is in you. You're the one that promised me these things. You're the, I didn't promise this for myself. I never promised that you'd take care of me. I never promised that you'd provide. I never promised that you would guide me. You promised me those things. And so I'm putting my hope in that, in your promises, and in your word, thus you. And God came through. And not that he only come through me for me there, 
in, uh, miraculously, I could tell you a story if you ever want to know about sometime, provided so I didn't have to file for bankruptcy, healed my heart, and now he's restored all things new. Now I live in a better house, and now I have an amazing wife and three new kids. <laughs> Put your hope, trust in God. You may say, Jesus, I don't know how I'm going to solve this. I don't know what I'm going to do about this issue or this heaviness or this family issue or these finances. But you said, you said, whatever that promise is. Now, some promises are contingent on some obedience. He's not just, you know, sometimes we dig our own pits, Right? Oh, God, you got to help me out financially, but you don't even do what God tells you to do with your finances. And you wonder why you're in bad shape. Well, start doing what God tells you to do with your finances and see what happens. Sometimes, right? Oh, I, I, oh, I'll stop there. God's promises are yes and amen. Put your hope in God. Put your trust in him. God, I don't know what to do about this situation, but I am going to trust in you. You tell me what to do. How can I be obedient to you? How can I be obedient to scripture? Because my hope is in you, not in me, in my way. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? <clears throat> God, we thank you that we have this amazing hope. God, we thank you that hope has come, that hope is here, that you are with us, that you will provide for us, that you will lead us and guide us. God, that you, just like you did in the past, will come through again and again and again. And so God, we even say today that we're sorry for the times that we've allowed ourselves to get into these places of depression and discouragement, of being downtrodden. God, we don't have most of the time any rights to be that way. God, but we're sorry for putting our hopes in all these other things and not to you. Especially when we put our hopes in ourselves that I can fix this, that I can solve the issue and not relying on you instead. God, we ask that you forgive us. And we thank you for your promises. We thank you for all the hope that we can have in you. So God, we take our hope from the things that it used to be on and turn it towards you. And we put our trust, we put our hope in you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. With everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, if you're here today and you say, you know what, I've never trusted God. I put my hope in Jesus. I've never um, taken that first, even that first step. Or maybe you did and you've kind of gone your own way and, but you're here today and I believe that God is here and that he is, wants a relationship with each and every single one of you every single one of you watching online every one of you in this place he wants a personal relationship with you that he loves you and that he has a hope and a future for you and you may have put your hope into all kind of other things even into a career or into is endless, right? But today you realize, I need to put my hope
life in Jesus instead. If that's you here today and you say, you know what, I need to start, I need to trust Jesus first and foremost, that he'll be my savior, that he'll rescue me from all the other things that I put my hope in instead. If that's you here today and you say, you know what, I want to make Jesus the Lord and savior of my life. I want him to be first. I want, I want him in my life and I want to put my hope in him. If that's you, would you just lift your hand high enough so I can see it? I see your hand, I see your hand. I see your hand. Everybody's eyes closed, heads bowed. If that's you, raise your hand. I want you to say this prayer. I want everybody to say this prayer with those that raise their hand. Say it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for looking to all these other things for hope. I thank you, Jesus, that you came and you died on the cross to forgive me for doing the things I've done wrong. I receive your salvation and thus a relationship with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, would you guys give it up for all those people that just raised their hand to do that? The Bible says that when one person says that prayer, comes to Jesus, all the angels in heaven rejoice. And there is rejoicing going on in heaven right now. And Nolene's probably like, oh, somebody probably just got saved again at Believer's Chapel. <laughs> right? Hey, if you did that today and you said that prayer, you, and I believe that you meant it from your heart, would you contact me? Would you text 444-2100? Just say, uh, you could text the word chapel and the word, word Jesus and uh, myself or one of the other pastors here will respond. We'll start a conversation and just want to help you with your next steps with that relationship with Jesus. Come on, let's stand one more time as uh, Bernie comes and leads us in the last song. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's message. We want you to know that God wants a personal relationship with you. If you've never had that relationship with him, today is a great day to start. You can do that simply by saying, Lord Jesus, say this prayer with me, say, Lord Jesus, I know that I've walked my own way. I've done my own things. I've done what's wrong in your sight. And so today I ask that you forgive me for those things. I believe that Lord God, you sent your son Jesus to come and die on the cross to take the place for the penalties that I owed. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for taking my place. And thank you, God, that right now that you are cleansing me from all unrighteousness and everything I've done wrong that has separated me from you. Help me now, Jesus, to have a relationship with you forevermore. Amen. Hey, if you did that today, we're so excited for you. Please reach out to us. Let us know. We'd love to help you in your next steps with Jesus.